Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to The World in 10, the Times of London's daily take on the big and quirky global stories making the headlines. I'm Tom Harrigan. And I'm Sonal Patel. Coming up in the next 10 minutes, bound by red tape, why the Germans are having to outsource spying. Also, the scientists prepping for disease X. And it's no jamboree for thousands of scouts in South Korea. Okay, Sonal, here's my lesson of the day to start the podcast. Intrigued. Go on. Do not stereotype. You'll almost always be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. No, far from it. And I have the Times website to thank for putting me right today. Again, not for the first time. I wrongly assumed, for one reason or another, that German spies would be ruthlessly efficient. But according to two men who used to run the BND, basically Berlin's equivalent of the CIA, it's toothless, muzzled and hobbled with an iron chain. Ouch. Yes. August Hanning and Gerhard Schindler have come out publicly, something that's pretty rare in itself, to say that Germany is effectively outsourcing its security to spy agencies in other countries. Just to add a little bit of historical context to all this, Germany has in the past used spying and secret policing to terrifying effect. Uh, For example, the Gestapo was one of Hitler's most important weapons in the Second World War. And in East Germany, the Stasi made sure people didn't step out of line and upset the communist authorities. And because of that terror, the security services Germany has today are really limited, by law in fact, in what they can and can't do. So they're increasingly turning to friendly nations to help them out. And there have also been a few embarrassing incidents in the last year or two. One of them saw the agency's president trapped in Ukraine's capital, Kyiv, just as the Russians invaded the country something you'd have thought he would have been tipped off about. Now a couple of his predecessors have stuck the boot in. I asked the Times correspondent in Berlin, Oliver Moody, why it matters. Sharing of intelligence between Western spy agencies is absolutely normal. But what the two former heads of this agency said was that there's a risk, first of all, that this sharing is drying up because the CIA and other partners simply don't trust the German agency to handle the information securely. And then the second issue they highlighted is that 
Germany is unusually reliant on these tip-offs from their allies because it struggles to recruit enough human assets overseas, in part because it doesn't have the resources or the political support. But also there are concerns about its technological surveillance, partly down to its powers being very, very carefully limited by law, but also down to the fact that it doesn't have a separate electronic espionage agency like GCHQ or the US National Security Agency. And when I interviewed the most recent former head of the agency a few years back, he said they simply didn't have the capacity to scrutinize the code in Chinese devices, things like Huawei's 5G telecoms infrastructure, to detect whether there were any vulnerabilities that might allow Chinese intelligence to sabotage or intercept the systems. And he's compared it to getting engineers from the age of steam to try and investigate a computer. I don't want to alarm you, Soddle, but we're getting ready for Disease X. Not formally known as Twitter, Disease X. No. Uh, it sounds like something out of a sci-fi film, Tom. Uh, yeah, I, I am now imagining <laughs> Denzel Washington in a lab coat, to be honest. But this is real. And it's good news, actually, because after the years of disruption caused by coronavirus, hundreds of scientists here in the UK have been put to work with one aim. Stop future pandemics in their tracks. Essentially, they're developing prototype vaccines against the threats we don't know about yet, described in the official lingo as Disease X. And this team, based at a high security lab in Wiltshire in the west of England, is aiming to get those vaccines into people's arms within three months of a future virus being detected. The Times science editor Tom Whipple told us more about it. There's been this real global thought, if we can do this, then, you know, my God, we should be doing it. So in advance, what you want is a library of vaccines, just sort of generic, ready to go. So uh, we were very lucky with coronavirus. We'd been preparing vaccines to similar coronaviruses, uh, to, to MERS and things like that. And so we roughly knew how to make it. The great thing was we had these platform vaccines, the mRNA and the adenovirus vaccines, which slot in the genetic code and away you go. So a new virus pops up, take genetic code of bit you want, slot it in and you have a vaccine. And the idea is that we will have a library of different spikes that work on different species of virus, you know. And then when these things pop up from Siberian permafrost or from the jungles of Africa or something, we are instantly able to make the vaccine, which is the start. And then places like the facility that we've got in the UK will be looking to get it into trials extremely rapidly as well, so that you can really speed through these initial processes. Like the Olympics, the Scout Jamboree happens but once every four years. And once every four years, tens of thousands of teenagers from across the world head to what's billed as the largest youth camp in the world. To have fun. Make friends. Organised fun. <laughs> I hate it. Um, well, instead, this time, the South Korea Jamboree has served up extreme heat around 35 Celsius of suffocating humidity and heat exhaustion. Far too many mosquitoes. 
food poisoning. Sounding more and more fun as it we is. go on. Um, all served up in what's been described as unsanitary conditions. Now, early in the week, the man in charge of these big world scout events did say scouts are resilient, resourceful and come prepared for different weather conditions. Although I'm not sure how you prepare for typhoons, no. say. Which, funnily enough, were the next big thing to hit the jamboree. And now they've called the whole thing off. To be fair, not sure who was left standing in camp by then. The British and American contingents had left already. Uh, This American mum, whose son is at the Jamboree, although no more, uh, she says she's appalled. I I, I, like I want to hop on a plane and go get him and bring him home. And I know Mother Nature is unpredictable and we can't do anything about the heat. But it sounds like the problems with this go way beyond... The Americans weren't the only ones to leave early. Embarrassingly enough, a South Korean group did too over the handling of sexual misconduct allegations. Proving definitively, Tom, that camping is no fun. Pass me my hotel room key at once. I would say that there is only one international event that can match the Scout Jamboree for unbridled drama at the moment, Sonal. What's that? The Women's Football World Cup. A seamless segue. I do my best. (laughs) Well, there was big excitement in the Times offices earlier when England beat Nigeria on penalties to reach the quarterfinals. Go Lionesses. Australia are also through with a straightforward 2-0 win over Denmark. Clinical and to the point, much like this plug, uh, a Times digital (laughs) subscription will get you unrivaled analysis of the World Cup and access to an interesting piece by Alison Rudd on how TV coverage of women's football has finally come of age. And before we go, we couldn't go without mentioning the big fight. Less rumble in the jungle, though. More sideswipe on socials. Yeah, harsh, probably fair. <laughs> it's the one we've been waiting for. The cage fight to end all cage fights. X, formerly Twitter's Elon Musk, versus Meta's Mark Zuckerberg. The 26th of August is the date, if it happens. Oh, to be a billionaire. Uh, very much a certainty, though, is the world intent, which will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.